Okay, and welcome to another edition of Spoilerama. I'm Mick Jordan. And I'm Marina Gorski. And this week we're going to discuss Love and Friendship, which was directed by Whit Stillman. And the summary of it is, Lady Susan Vernon takes up temporary residence at her in-law's estate and while there is determined to be a matchmaker for her daughter Frederica and herself too, naturally. Which sums it up quite well, I suppose. Would you say that? Yeah, oh yeah, definitely. Okay. <laughs> and what did you think? Did you enjoy it? Very much so. Were you expecting to? Um, yeah, I actually was because I like Jane Austen film adaptations. Right. And um, I like her books and um, I just knew I, knew I would like it, um, especially with the cast. I okay. thought it was Kate Beckinsale, yeah. you would be a fan? Uh, yeah. Yeah, but also Stephen Fry. Oh, yeah. Well, he's not in he, much. Yeah, he, he wasn't that much in it. Yeah, it's just a couple of scenes, yeah, really. Um, but he adds but then to it. What's, what's the name of the other one that did uh, Manorine's Wife? She's a very interesting one as well. Um, was she the hysterical know. woman? Yeah. I don't know her. Essentially, I wasn't paying I, too I've much attention to her. her in a few movies. I can't remember now which ones, but I, I recognize her face. And... Um, well, I remember seeing the cast. Um, it was really interesting, it really. Okay, I'm just checking there. It's Jen Murray. Again, someone I'm not usually familiar with. Jen Murray. But did, what did you think of Chloe Sevigny, or if that's how it's pronounced, <laughs> as the American I was actually going to leave that for last. Oh, right. Well, um, we can come back to this. She is the annoying character yes, in this film. Yes, she is. <laughs> and I like Chloe Sevigny. Oh, I don't. I, you don't? Well, oh, I, I don't. don't. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that sounded like a real, oh, I do. I don't know. Oh, I don't. <laughs> oh, I don't. <laughs> you don't like Chloe Sevigny at all? Um, well, not in this movie. No, I thought her acting was terrible. Well, I, d- I think her, the character was ter- It felt shooed in, like a token American thrown in there just for... Because it's a very English um, story, oh, film. Yeah. Everything about it is very English. And suddenly there's this very American-American yeah. in there. Now, I haven't read the original story, but I presume she actually was well, there as well. I haven't read well. it either. I actually couldn't find it. I haven't looked, but it's probably online because a lot of Jane Austen stuff is there on PDFs online just to download. But I mean, it was it's I think it was, an, it was certainly a short story or a novella, but I don't know if it was even oh, it's finished. It's certainly short because even the film was like an you hour. You can tell. And, yeah. And not even an hour and a half. I don't think it was. Well, it was just about a, that. Yeah. 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 But I mean, it felt it felt like a short story. Yeah. Like not like Pride and Prejudice and Sense and Sensibility, where there's a lot going mm. on. This was very simple and straightforward and ended rather abruptly I thought which is why I think that it might be an unfinished story well it's just you were expecting some complication or quirk I'm not going to give away the ending now but just suddenly but that's it's what I over. think was, was the whole point of it it was just like a like how do you, a little um, I wouldn't say chronicle but like do you know that kind of it's, it's a little day daily day to day story thing you know that happens in the days of the lives of these certain people yeah and it could continue but it won't because <laughs> we just, just draws to, to tell an end. that part of their lives you know that kind yeah. of thing well it, but it does have a conclusion well like it does no, come I do, to an I end do. I, I, it does I do <laughs> <laughs> it does oh Mick <laughs> I don't don't do yes it does finish quite abruptly um, mm. but that's what I'm saying it does it ends abruptly but there is still a conclusion but it just seems yeah. As if everything is going along, as you said, daily routine, smoothly, day-to-day life, and then suddenly, oh, we need to bring this to a halt, and they just stick on an ending. And I don't know, that's why I'm curious to read the original story, if that's what's there, or if the story just peters out. 
Um, but I said we don't want to give away the ending, but we'll just discuss what happened before that. But you okay. enjoyed everything that happened before I did. that. I liked the way they presented the characters. Yes. Because it was so quick. Yeah. Was like, this is what it is. I couldn't, I couldn't keep up with it, but I still liked yeah, it. Yeah, it's basically yeah. they introduce each character by having them stand there on screen. And then there's it's the way characters would have been introduced in books at the time. It's basically where they yeah. give their name and who they're married to, where they're from and what they're like. Written down. And written out on yeah. the screen. It's just basically a yeah. subtitle. And it's the way silent films yeah. used to do it. So and I love I really that style. To, I really want to talk about Mrs. Cross, which is the Which pack and unpack lady Go where on. Lady Susan took her as a friend and she kept saying mentioning the whole time oh and I thought the pain of wages would be offensive oh, yes. to both of us <laughs> <laughs> well that's it that's what I love that and that's that's is early on is as soon as we hear of Lady Susan yeah. played by Kate Beckinsale is that her practically our first introduction to her is she's talking about when she's moving to the new residence that she's going to be visiting and she's bringing Mrs. Cross is that yeah. her name Mrs. Cross as her companion um, who is effectively her servant and then she yeah. says as you said um, we didn't discuss wages it would embarrass the two of us yeah. so we know clearly she's not paying her yeah, yeah. so she's just using and, and abusing that was the reason why Mrs. Cross left oh god yes yeah. <laughs> but I mean, so she uses people all over yeah. she just She's such an utter user of people. Manipulative. Oh, bitch. manipulative. <laughs> okay, yes, you took her to heart. And but I'd, it's a love-hate relationship with Susan. Like you. Well, yeah, but emphasis on the hate because she was really yeah. wrecking my head. Oh, I mean, yeah, in yeah. terms of very interesting and enjoyable character. But yeah. So obnoxious. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Um, but I was, I was going to say was because she said when she was first talking to Alicia. Alicia Alicia, 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 Alicia. Well, if that's um, what's her name, <laughs> was remember. it Alice or Alicia? I can't um, remember myself. Which is Chloe, um, Chloe's character, so. the American. When they were talking, she's like, "Oh, she's a friend and all that," and she's just there to pack and unpack, you know. And then when <laughs> they when they introduced her, it was Mrs. Cross. Pack and unpack. <laughs> and I thought that was brilliant. <laughs> yes, but that's that's her only role yeah, in the exactly. entire story or film, and in in Lady Susan's life. Yeah. Well, what I thought was is it's a great film for dialogue in terms of, we, and we find out so much about the people from what they say, and particularly with Lady Susan when she's talking about her late husband who she mentions a great deal and how tragic the loss was and how much she suffered tending to him and so on and you gradually get the impression I don't think anyone says it but you get the impression he had a lucky escape that he just wanted to get away from her and she talks about her daughter and how she um, her daughter's education has suffered and says I blame myself I think, my God, she's blaming herself because I spent so much time tending to my poor dear husband. I unfortunately neglected my daughter. So by sacrifice, making oneself sacrifice, she didn't sacrifice enough. And this is her manner throughout the whole thing in terms of everything is what a martyr she is. But she doesn't like to make a big deal of it. Yeah, no, she's Um, always the victim. Oh, yes. Of everything that happens, even at the end. I'm not going to spoil it, but even at (laughs) the end when she's talking to Alicia and she says, um, hard things facts are because it just ruined one of the one of the scenes just went down <laughs> a way that she didn't expect it to when right. when the course oh, yeah. letter and um she just said oh what hard thing facts are yeah. because it's got in the way of her ru- plans yeah, the truth <laughs> ruined her plan yeah and it's, it's, she could have stayed out of the way where it belonged and exactly interfered. yeah yeah she justifies herself at every occasion even when she's caught completely red-handed for yeah. doing something wrong she just says as you said hard facts but yeah. just, just, well, she blames some, someone else she turns the situation around 
making someone else be the blame or feel bad for what happened. Oh, yeah. And usually successfully. Yeah. Like she'll say it to the people and they feel like the people she's staying with. She At the start of the film, she's caused a rumpus in some house that she's living in. So has to move to another distant cousin. And she's staying at a, c- a couple who are married, who was basically, I think, distantly related to her late husband. And she had opposed their marriage in the first place. And but they were brothers of... Uh... They were brothers. I think the man of the house was her, um, Susan's brother-in-law, her yeah. husband's brother. And she had, when she was married to her late husband, had opposed that marriage. And now couldn't understand why the lady of the house might object to her staying there. I might have. She welcomed her into the house, but she felt a certain stiffness about her approach. I can't understand why. It's obvious that's just an excuse that she's using. (laughs) No, that's a very good reason to not like you. So what did you think of Kate Beckinsale in the role? Brilliant. Yeah, I thought she was absolutely really good. I wasn't a huge fan of hers beforehand. I think I would be now. I was just never was mostly indifferent. I wasn't a fan fan, but I I knew she was um, good in a few other movies. Hmm. I can't remember another movie. Well, oh yeah, well, that, well that's I what I would say. She hasn't been in that many good ones. Yeah, I think she's been in weird ones. Okay, and I think she she has done Emma, which I think yeah, is, I haven't seen it, but I know yeah, yeah that she was connected which to that. Is, like I think she she's good sticking to period dramas. Yeah, but that's a um, that would be a real typecasting curse to have because it I happened know. to Kira Knightley for a yeah. while, and in Helena Bonham Carter in her day before she was rescued by Tim Burton mm-hmm. and turned into a completely different typecasting. But like, because she was in um, things like Room with a View and several other things that I can't remember right now, but there was a lot of that, and I wouldn't like that to happen to necessarily to have to Kate Beckinsale because there's not very many roles that she could do in that. What I remember from she is things like Downton Abbey. <laughs> Downton Abbey's finished now. I know, but Thank still. God. Oh, wow. Okay, okay that's, that's we're going to start a new discussion. A debate for another era. Well, you didn't even know it was finished. Because I haven't gotten around to watching the last season. I don't want to. Okay. So for me, it's not finished. I'm still in season five. Okay. As exactly. I am with Game of Thrones. I'm not even on season one on that, but that's that's another discussion. Another that's a hell of a period film to think about. But my thoughts on Kate Beckinsale, where I remembered her from films like Pearl Harbor. Oh yeah, Pearl god Harbor. awful. Um, and she was in the recent version of Total Recall. Yeah. And now she wasn't bad in that, but the rest of the film wasn't great. But in this role, it was just she was just so perfect in it. In terms of she's playing this really obnoxious person and she, as you said, there is a love-hate relationship. You are drawn to her all the time or what she's going to do next. Had you seen any films by the director before? I don't know. You know, he hasn't done many. I think the last one he did, which was a few years ago, was Damsels in Distress, which you haven't seen, have you? I have not, no. Well, it's on Netflix. I'd recommend it. I really okay. enjoyed it. And that was one of the attractions for seeing this. Well, I would have gone and seen it anyway because of Jane Austen. I'm naturally going to like yeah. that. But the combination of someone like Whit Stillman and Jane Austen was perfect. And you just say, why wasn't this, didn't this happen before? Because everything else had been done. But I think he really brought a lot to it because I recognised from previous films his style. And in particular, do you remember the character who wants to marry Federica, Lady Susan's daughter, and is impossibly stupid. James Martin or something. That's his name, I think. I think J- it is. Jo- 
What's it? I think it is James something Martin. Yeah. Lord Martin. The guy who is surprised to find there aren't 12 commandments. Yeah. He thinks there's 12. And oh, I thought it, he was absolutely brilliant. Oh, he was character. so funny. It was hilarious. And when he said, um, you know, it's perfectly acceptable that a man goes on with another woman because his woman wasn't able to please him or whatever. But it's completely unacceptable if the woman does the same and goes off with another man. And, and you know, and he kept going on. And then the Alicia, the, the Alicia character, the American said, yes, it's very funny <laughs> how women aren't allowed to play do around, yeah. basically. And I thought that was hilarious. And uh, when he didn't, I don't want to spoil it. Leave it. Well, no, well, I'm I mean, going to say about Lord Mannering and all that. Well, yes, I mean, but he has he explains everything away in because he has his own view of the world. Yeah. And it's like the, other, the people around him are quite surprised at how stupid he is at times, yeah. because particularly when he's talking for at length about the 12 commandments until someone points out there are actually only 10 commandments. And he says, oh, really, which two did we, did we get off with? Yeah. <laughs> Can we pick which two we don't do and things like this? And that to me, I don't. Maybe that was in the original Jane Austen novel, but to me, it's very much a Whit Stillman characteristic because in Damsels in Distress, there is a character very like that, very stupid, who is shocked to find out his eyes are blue. He's told by someone his eyes, and he goes, he's never comprehended that his eyes are actually blue. And then he wants to know, why doesn't he see everything in blue? He expects the whole world to be in blue because yeah. his eyes are blue. That's the sort of character which Stillman creates and that's what this guy is very like oh yes um, but yeah no, just uh, commenting on, on this the, the character the James Martin character um, the scene where he just arrives at the house and they're standing there the two uh, the brother and the sister mm-hmm. Lady Susan yeah and then him he just came in and she's standing there and um, he's just talking and talking and talking and I love the way <laughs> they made that so awkward that you feel awkward yes. for the four of them and you're like oh because he just won't God. stop talking yeah and you're kind of like shut up just shut up <laughs> and he's there and he, he keeps explaining himself and going on he's like yes advanced agricultural methods yes yes very interesting I might ask someone this about this <laughs> and he just keeps going on and then he looks over and when he sees everyone still quiet he continues yeah he's filling, the, he's filling the gaps yeah and he doesn't realise stop yeah. <laughs> like, and no and one he just ever keeps talking. stops him they're just no, standing there like not knowing what to do or how to stop him it's just a <laughs> increasingly awkward moment is just in talking and talking and talking and but in terms of the relationship because his appearance highlights the problem problematic relationship which is a quarter film between Lady Susan and her daughter Federica yes what did you think of that in terms of how were you in any way sympathetic to Federica oh yeah and I don't mean on any personal level, I just mean purely on the basis of how she was treated by her mother oh, in yeah, the film. Oh, yeah, definitely, yeah. Because her mother was crazy. Well, it was, it was a case of, did you feel that her mother was trying to find her a good... Because this is a constant theme in all yes, Jane Austen stories. Yes, get rid of her. That's it, yes. That's what I felt. Whereas in all other Jane Austen novels, like marriage, getting married is the goal of all women. Yeah. And this is no different in that regard. But And it's the goal of the mother to get the daughters married off. But in other contexts, it's been to get them a good marriage, to get them safe and secure. She just wants to get shot of her so she can marry herself. Yeah, um, I think Lady Susan seemed to be the type that had kids for the sake of having kids. And now she doesn't want to be, the. Yeah. you know, like she she's more interested in the money 
and having a husband and not, and being able to have a house, I guess. Well, that's it. Well, she doesn't have a house. Yeah. This is the, and she even says this to her daughter. We don't have a home. We just visit. And that's what they're moving from place to place for somewhere to live. So, yes, yeah, so certainly she does look on her daughter as an inconvenience yeah. and someone who she then uses to her advantage at times um, in terms to win men for herself. But I think ultimately she is still like she is very practical is basically she has to find a home for herself and for her daughter. So, I mean, even though her way of going about it and all this is very manipulative, as you say, and devious, and uh, it's still it's necessary. She, this is yeah. what she has to do in the time she was living in. And I think that comes across, too. And I think that's down to Kate Beckinsale. So she is somewhat sympathetic. Well, all the time you're going, what a horrible person she can be at times, and particularly the way she turns everything around in her conversation and, as I said, plays up to Martyr a bit. It's yes. still, you, you just admire it all the way through. It's, yeah. She's just it's so entertaining. It's hard to live with people like that. Okay. <laughs> um, what was the other thing I wanted to mention? Oh, yeah, there was a, and this I noticed, there was this whole thing about it being very anti- USA kind of thing. They made yeah. it seem like America was a horrible place to live and that that was the punishment. <laughs> For Chloe Savini yeah, to be sent back to, to America. Be sent back to America. Well, it's an American director. Um, like Whitstillman is American and very American. His previous films are all very Americanized, American backcountry, if you like. That could be from the original. And I'd say it was probably, it probably was in the original because I can imagine Jane Austen writing something like that as a joke, one joke yeah. aside, and then him really playing it up. So and again, that's a, well, the fact of Chloe Savini as the American just said, I wouldn't want to live in her country either. Like in terms of what that. So, yes, it was. And I, it probably was a deliberate joke on the fact of America is a horrible place to be yeah. in comparison to Regency Britain, as we were portrayed there. Yeah. Did you notice that it was made in Dublin? Well, made in Ireland. I think I did at some point yeah. I was like that seems f like it seemed like a familiar um, environment kind yeah. of way but I, I don't think I because I, I was like but England is quite similar in some ways mm -hmm. to to the Irish land like the, both landscapes are quite similar so mm -hmm. I didn't really but I knew it was kind of familiar I think at some point I can remember vaguely making notes to myself like this is familiar but I don't yeah. think I noticed it was well I was I was sort of aware of it I think before I well yeah I think I was aware of it because the Irish Film Board logo comes up at the start I think that was there so as soon as that comes up you know it's either made in Ireland or it's an Irish subject and certainly wasn't an Irish subject so I was sort of conscious of yes those look like old mansions that are around Ireland but particularly when there was some scenes on the street like it's supposed to be in yes. London oh, or yes. and like, I, actually, I remember now the doors yes I you just recognise them like, from Seren Stephen's yeah, screen. I was like, that looks like Leeson Street. Yeah, or yeah. I remember now, yes, exactly. And Or they're near the um, the RHA or something, the Royal I yeah, Academy no, or something. Yeah, I know, one on Eli Place. I think so, just right. near Stephen's Green yeah. there. Like those kind of doors and stuff. I was like, that really looks like... I yeah. But I kept imagining... But they wouldn't stop in Leeson Street to film. Well, they didn't just stop in Leeson Street. They close off the streets. Exactly, for doing but that. that'd be very inconvenient for buses and stuff. <laughs> 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 I was just there. I was just there. Uh, okay. I don't think it can be. Because I, I also thought, it's quite similar to England. I don't think the doors would be all colourful. But the the I don't know. Because, honestly, Ireland is 
quite this. Uh, I don't know how to say this. <laughs> I don't want to offend anyone. <laughs> Perish the thought. <laughs> Has a lot of period architecture. Is that what you want to say? Well, it's very much inspired in England because oh well, yeah, it's been colonized. And <laughs> whatever by english people ages ago but still yes. they had that mentality so to do the whole ar- architectural thing the same because it was i'm just I, sitting here smiling watching yeah. you dig yourself <laughs> under the into a hole sorry I'm just, I'm just gonna start speaking portuguese <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'm not just use google translate to say yeah. after this is what you really said yeah no what yes. i mean is it's very um inspired on english architecture well it was uh, because it was yeah. british architecture at the yeah. time like it's all georgian that's what it's yeah, those yeah, are Georgian exactly. buildings yeah, so yeah, they were all yeah. built when so that's why I said Britain it might be part. might not be but yeah good thing that you mentioned it I remember now okay and I look for, I quail at your future career as a filmmaker <laughs> when you worry about stopping the buses for making films I do so it's inconvenient for the locals. has this happened to you where you've had buses diverted because of film companies blocking the way not because of film companies oh right strikes or something I don't know Public transport annoys me very much. In general. In general. (laughs) So if there suddenly is a strike or whatever and routes change and you have to get to places, it's because I live in Bray. And it's very inconvenient to get anywhere from Bray. So if anything delays... Well, they can't can't reroute the dart. They just cancel it completely. Is that what happens? And then you have to get buses that only come every hour. To go into Dunleary or whatever place that only the dart reaches. And then you have to program yourself and you plan you plan to go earlier and then you have to wake up earlier and it's just a mess. So Marina <laughs> has just extolled the love and friendship she feels for Dublin <laughs> Dublin public transport. Oh, but I should say Brazil is worse, so I'm actually happy. No, you Brazil. shouldn't. You've already alienated Ireland. Why <laughs> just screw up any who hope you have it going home? <laughs> And <laughs> Brazil going, no, we're much better than that. No. Yeah, it, 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 <laughs> I'm trying to save you here, Marina. OK, well, having now yet again insulted you. <laughs> last time when we were doing Sing Street, um, you were insulting Brazil to some extent, um, probably egged on by me. And now we've remember. done it again. Oh, jungles. No oh, yes. Yeah. We said we had shit a TV each other. in Brazil yet. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> no. Okay, well, we will wrap this up there. (laughs) (laughs) And, well, we will conclude, give our assumptions. And we both really liked Love and Friendship and would highly recommend it. Yes, indeed. And I would give it a 9 out of 10. You're giving it a score of 9 out of 10? That's quite high. It is, indeed. I liked it. I know you liked (laughs) it. There's like and love. I would give it... I'd say a 6. I'd say 7. Seven. Okay. Seven and a half. I'm not into giving numbers. I just really liked the film. I thought it was very good. And it was exactly what I expected. It wasn't as great as Damsels in Distress, which is his previous film. But it's still a very good film. And I would recommend Damsels in Distress. And you can find it on Netflix. Okay. Just like I recommended Drive previously. Yes. Which you were delighted with, weren't you? Yes. Just say yes. That's grand. Okay. Well, we're going to end it now. Here. We have really got to finally end this podcast before we're going on to all sorts of other tangents. Yeah, because we're hungry. So, <laughs> Marina is hungry, no. and I will just politely watch her eat. That's that creepy. could say <laughs> creepy. All right. Okay, join us Mick, again. Mick takes me to his basement and gives me food and watches me eat. That's staying in. <laughs> I'm leaving that in. I know you are. Join us again for another episode of Spoilerama. Thank you. Woo!